This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You work hard in your career, and you deserve to know what it takes to get to the top. This is Everyday MBA. Interviews with best-selling authors, innovative thought leaders, and top-shelf executives, all sharing their best techniques and tips that you won't learn in business school. This is the show that will help you take your career to the next level. And now, here's your host, Kevin Crane. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everyday MBA. I'm so pleased that you're listening to this special episode of Everyday MBA. It's summertime here in the United States and in the Great Pacific Northwest, and I'm actually away from the Everyday MBA studios, enjoying a bit of a holiday with my family. So this week, I have a special episode, an interview where I was the guest not long ago on the podcast called Accelerate with sales expert Andy Paul. It's a great show, and Andy is a great host, and you can find Accelerate at andypaul.com slash podcast. In this interview, I discuss the seven characteristics of killer knowledge leadership content. You'll get a bit of a sneak peek at an upcoming book that I'm writing on the subject. In short, great knowledge leadership content needs to be value-add, actionable, authentic, credible, precise, consistent, and diverse. And we'll be discussing all seven of those characteristics in just a moment. I'd be pleased to receive your feedback on these ideas and approaches and how they might be best presented in a book. You can find me and contact the show at everyday-mba.com. Leave a comment, send me an email, or connect on social media. I'd love to hear from you. Now, on to this special episode for this week. Me being interviewed by Andy Paul on the seven characteristics of killer knowledge leadership content. Characteristic number one, great knowledge leadership content must be value add. You identify seven characteristics of effective knowledge leadership content or thought leadership content, if you will, but... I mean, I like to go through those because they're really interesting, and and I actually I had some questions about them as as we go through them. So, mm-hmm. the first you talk about is the content, the first characteristic of the seven characteristics that effective content needs to have is one is it needs to be value add. That yes. seems somewhat a little self evident on some hands, but maybe not. So, I mean, tell us exactly what you meant by what is value add in this this. Ex- Well, yeah, it may seem self-evident, but in fact, my opinion is that most of the content being created today uh, and being put out isn't necessarily value-added content. It's a lot of clutter. My question really is, what is the value that is being provided by this content? If it doesn't have a value to our recipient, our reader, our listener, then isn't it then just amounting to more chatter? Um, And so what I mean by that is content that that is value add brings something to your reader or your consumer, either some sort of knowledge now that is transferred to me or some sort of inspiration. Uh, and maybe it helps me in some practical ways, things that folks can take action on that, that provides value that may or may not necessarily overtly position me or you or whoever 
um, in a marketing way. It's it's a slower sort of thing. The value comes based on the, where the buyer is on the stage of, of their buyer's journey, right? I mean, they could be right at the beginning. They're beginning to gather information, maybe identify what their needs might be. And right. there's content that's certainly appropriate at that stage that's value add. It has to have some sort of resonance to uh, your recipient at the time of their need. And for me to pay attention to you when it comes time to buy a product or engage your services, I believe there needs to be a level of trust and credibility built there. And how am I going to do that if I'm not providing value to you as a potential customer? It's more likely that if I'm not doing that, especially early on in that cycle or that funnel part, um, I'm just going to start ignoring you as someone that's just providing a bunch oh, of chatter that I'm not interested exactly. in. You know, they invest some other time in you, right? So think about your content from the same thing. Person reading is going to invest some other time. And if there's nothing of value for them there, then the next time you have a content piece, they're not going to give you any time. Well, and isn't that always the the principle behind sales? So if I'm sitting down with with a customer and I'm trying to, you know, find a way to do business, and that's fine, um, why would they do business with me? What does my product or service bring to them that gives them value, that makes their job or their lives easier, that now we all of a sudden have a, a start of a need, right? Yeah. Something that's a real need that they really want. It's a whole lot easier to sell someone something when they really want it. <laughs> when they really don't want it, it's almost impossible. Yeah. So, so, I mean, yeah, you have to think about that content from the beginning as you write a piece, unlike the customer you're talking about is it has to have value. You need to be able to identify what the value is going to be to the consumer. And if you don't do that, and then you can't see that in that piece, then don't, for God's sake, don't publish it. Next, we talk about the need for content to be actionable. What do you want your reader or listener to do? And how do they do that? All right, so the next thing you talk about is is make sure the content must be actionable. Now, now I interpret that to mean that effective content can't just be theoretical, right? I mean, and you, we're talking about the difference again between thought leadership and knowledge, and knowledge having some practical bent to it. So, for for content of value, you not only have to say why you should do it, but you also have to give the how. Absolutely, and it's going to be a lot more value added to me if there is something actionable I can do, <laughs> right? I mean, that's part of what it, making it value add. And one of the things that I do purposely with my podcast, Everyday MBA, is to sum up each interview with five action items that folks can do starting today and for or the rest of the week and beyond to take advantage of whatever we're talking about. It takes extra effort for me to create those and extra time that I'm not compensated for, but it is that value added part because now listeners can actually take action on those five items or whatever. And I'm building that value add, that credibility and so forth. Now with, with a sales kind of, uh, approach, of course, what's the call to action, right? <laughs> what do you want your reader to do when they read your, your content or listen to your content or whatever? What is it that you want them to feel? What is it that you want them to physically do? Um, Maybe the call to action or the actionable part is for them to just be feeling the way that you do. It might be a, a maybe a political kind of thing or a, uh, an opinion changing thing that you want that action to be a change of opinion, right? And so without that leading on, you're missing a huge part of the equation. And how much content do you see? I, I know I see it every day that is not value added and doesn't have anything that I can take action on. So oh, yeah, what's the point? What's the point? I've read this. I don't really have any value in it, and it doesn't compel me to do anything. So, again, why did we bother to create it and clutter the world with it? <laughs> and I would say that you're taking a risk when you issue content like that that 
that doesn't really provide any value is not actionable, then you're really risking a downside to where now I'm going to maybe consider you to be someone that I'm going to mute in my stream. Next, Andy and I talk about the need to create content that is authentic. Next element you talk about it, and this one you need to explain to me a bit is, is use the word authentic. Okay, value add, actionable. Now, the third thing is the content has to be authentic. Now, what did you mean by that? How many times do you hear content like, uh, I, it's the best product that will save, you know, it will improve your life in, in these grand ways. You know, you mm-hmm. can just tell it's BS, I guess right. is what I'm saying. We guarantee, is I it, saw, I saw one the, a few months ago for sales. We guarantee 321% improvement. And I'm sitting there going, okay, 321%. It was so precise that you're like, oh, that's such BS. You know, BS when you hear it, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. So when you write it, you should see it for yourself too. I mean, is it really authentic? Are you really trying to be helpful? Is it something that you do believe in? Or are you just blowing smoke? And so many companies, individuals, they just blow smoke just to put content out and just to say, well, we've got to say something about our product. And do you, I had a client come to me uh, just this week and they said, do you have anything we can put in a press release? Because we've got... Uh, only certain amount of press releases left in our service until the end of the year. And we're, we're going to, we're going to lose, you know, if we don't put something out, right? <laughs> well, let's, yeah. So dude, what am I supposed to do? Just, you know, so we all showed up for work. We had perfect attendance record this week. <laughs> we did. So, you know, is that really going to be an authentic communication or is it going to be something that you cobble together, kind of BS a little bit, um, just to put something out? That's what I'm getting at. It's just, there's no authentic motivation behind it or purpose or value. You, uh, or anything really of importance to say. It's just, again, sort of chatter out in the world that I don't think is going to help anybody. In addition to creating content that is authentic, you've got to be credible as well. We've just gotten through talking about making your content authentic. We've talk, gone through value add. Uh, we've gone through actionable. We've gone through authentic. Next on your list was credible. Now, to me, mm. this is interesting because you know, credibility is really in the eye of the holder, right? I mean, it's something that's perceived by the receiver or the, the reader, if you will. So what are the keys for making content credible? Well, again, it's kind of that BS meter. You know, we talked about in the authentic part, but credible. Oh, you mentioned uh, it's going to improve by 301% or something. That didn't resonate as credible to you, right? No. Um, now, how do you do that? Well, maybe you recouch that same figure. Maybe you say, you know, a recent research from IDC reports that the average increase was 301%. You can do that too. Maybe your results may vary, but you can do that too. And here's how. So, so, pull, so pulling in research and, and sources other than yourself, I think is what you're saying. is Sources is, other than yourself. Right. But also, but more than just spitting stats out, which we like to do, and, and it helps. But also the sort of, you, you maybe heard where I said, well, and you can do it too, or your results may vary, but you can do it too, and here's how. So in other words, hey, we're with you. I have my arm around you. It's like, hey, it's 301%. I don't know. Could be 299, could be 100%. I don't know. It's all good. Your results will vary, but here's how you do it. And so that lends a credibility to, to the discussion, whereas before we were just spitting out a stat that didn't have any attribution, or we might have spit out a stat with some attribution, but it was really sort of arcane and isolated, whereas we mix it all together in a more cohesive discussion, the credibility, I think, goes up. Even social proofs, I mean, if they're available and it's relevant to what you're writing about, can also be a way to add credibility to your content. 
as possible. I know I write a lot of content for uh, organizations and corporation corporations and as possible, let's let our customers do our talking for us. So much content is created without that customer attribution. In other words, we could be writing this wonderful white paper about your product or service, a solution brief, and giving stats and really explaining some value-added steps and all of that. But still, it's in isolation from anyone that's done it in the real world. And if you're creating content to resonate with a potential customer – wouldn't you love to have an existing customer that's happy testifying that, yes, indeed, this is what we did. These were some of our results, and that builds credibility as well. Um, and one of the things that I've been doing for my clients, in addition to writing that kind of content, is doing audio interviews <laughs> with with customers, just like we're doing now. But I could be saying, Andy, you know, you adopted XYZ product six months ago. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the results? And then you go, I love XYZ product. It saved me two hundred, you know, three hundred and one percent. Sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> there you go. There, those are three twenty one. I'm so pleased that you're listening, and I hope you don't mind if I take just a moment to let you know a little bit more about me, Kevin Crane, and Crane Communications Group. I'm a writer, editor, and marketing communications consultant, and I've been pleased to be the written voice of some of today's leading brands, all working to create compelling knowledge leadership content for the web, white papers, blogs, social media, you name it. And I'd love to talk with you, too, about how I can help and make a difference. To find out more, just visit cranegroup.com. That's C-R-A-I-N-E, cranegroup.com. Let's talk soon. You're listening to Everyday MBA. Welcome back. You're listening to a special episode of Everyday MBA, excerpts from an interview where I was the guest for a change on Accelerate, the great podcast hosted by Andy Paul. Really sort of summarize a lot of that in what I would say is that get credibility in your content is you need to incorporate stories into it and you know stories about your customers stories about um well customers start works. with customers right how it works so that people can see themselves you know in that in that content right they can see themselves in the story so suddenly they can start relating to it in a way that if you're they won't be able to do if you're just sort of spraying oh. facts and figures at them that is just such a great comment, Andy. You're so right. And in fact, as a writer, what I might do is instead of saying companies can save 321%, I might say you can save 321%. It's just a slight change. You know, and as you read through content in the future, is it, is it couched that way? Well, you know, sort of off over here, you know, companies or organizations can do it or you. Is it you? So when you're speaking to that person, speak to you, that one person that's listening or reading. As we continue the discussion, Andy asks me about my ideas and concepts surrounding the need for great knowledge leadership content to be precise. What do I mean by that? Gone through credibility. Now we're talking about precision. I, you know, he said knowledge leadership needs to be precise. And I, I sort of think that if it's actionable, then you're providing steps to, to implement it. And that implies a degree of precision, but I sometimes think maybe you're thinking about something different when you say precise or precision in content. So what, what do you mean by that? By precise, what I mean is precise for your audience. Who are we talking to? So, tar we just, so targeted. Well, targeted, sure. Yeah. Um, we were talking about the you. Who is that you, right? Um, is it a highly technical person that knows all about computers and 
stuff like that. Well, then that's a different conversation than we might have with the senior vice president of marketing who's really interested in the business or, or, or whatever. Or, or maybe you're talking to a small business owner as opposed to an enterprise, or you're talking to a woman as opposed to a man or a young one, a young person, a middle millennial, say, as opposed to someone that's close to retirement age or an elderly person. All, all these factors would, should influence what you say and how you say it, even if the ideas remain the same. Yeah, right. And that's a really need to be precise. Yeah, very precise. So I'm glad you you explained it because again, very important for people listening. You really need to have that persona or that avatar. People are using the terms interchangeably these days. Defined in terms of the target, not just saying it's it's necessarily yeah, it's small businesses, but what type of small business owner? As you said, a man, woman. What's the age range? What are they interested in? It may seem like extra work, but it it lends a precision mm. and an authenticity, as we talked about before, and certainly credibility to your content if you have this person in mind when you're creating the content. You have to ask yourself, who am I talking to? Why should they care? And what do I want them to do when they're done reading or listening? Yeah, because once you've defined so who they are, then you can answer that all-important question, which is what's in it for them, right? Yes. And when they get when they read this, you know, we've gone through several characteristics which sort of address it, but bottom line is, you know, what's in it for me or what's in it for them? Well, you sort of need to know who it is and what they're concerned about and, you know, who they are, have an image of who they are to make sure that you are giving them something that's important. Precisely. Exactly. Ah, no yeah. pun intended. No pun intended, right? <laughs> Not that we've been talking about precision. So. Moving on, we have two characteristics left for creating great knowledge leadership content. Number six is to be consistent. Sixth characteristic we talk about is consistent. I'm assuming what you're talking about is that and one of the great faults we see with content creation is that it's done on such a you know episodic and infrequent basis. There's, to really have power and impact in your content, it has to be produced consistently. Sure. Yeah. Fits and starts. It's like um, the old direct mail days. I guess we still use direct mail. Sure. Um, but uh, direct mail, you can send one campaign out. Say I'm a, a dentist in the local Portland area here where I am, and I want to get the all the kids in my neighborhood. And so I can target uh, to moms in southwest Portland that have kids. Um, and I can do a great color piece, and I can have some value-added stuff and uh, discounts and Oh no, I can do a great job on that. I can send it out once and get nothing and then go back to the writer and the designers and everyone involved and say, I didn't get anything out of that campaign. I think it's a waste of time. Any direct mail person will tell you, well, you don't get anything out of one campaign. You get results out of a consistent campaign over time, say over a year or, or so forth. So what I'm talking about content creation is they'll issue uh, some great content and then they'll stop and they won't do anything for the bulk of the year, maybe another one, uh, and, it's, and it's fits and starts. So I think it, you need to be consistently creating good knowledge leadership content in order to be considered a knowledge leader and have that come out on a consistent basis. Yes, you know, people listening to the show and they're thinking about the content strategy is – the goal of the content in part is to, in large part, is to build a relationship with somebody. Yes. And so, you know, use the analogy of a relationship as you think about the frequency of your content creation is, you know, you have somebody that you stay in touch with, let's say weekly, versus someone you call twice a year. Well, what's the difference in the relationship going to be? You want to develop this relationship that you're in close, constant touch with these people and they're, they're counting on you. They're counting on you to be there with something to help them. 
Well, a podcast is a great example of that, isn't it? We make a podcast and it's a weekly show or something, right? And mm-hmm. so you're consistent and you, you, you're consistent over time and you're expecting that critical mass as a knowledge leader to build. And then people do come to depend on you and so forth. What if you regarded a podcast as you did an episode this week and then didn't do anything for six months until the next episode came about? That, that wouldn't make much of an impact. And uh, so content creation, whether it's on a podcast or your blog or a newsletter or whatever you're doing, white papers, um, should be, you know, consistent there. And otherwise, otherwise you're kind of really wasting your effort on that one time that you do it. Well, and you're sending a, a real mixed message to prospective customers when you do this. It's really a wasted investment if you spend time to, let's say, start a blog, and let's say you're blogging weekly or maybe twice a week, and then you just stop. Well, I said, if you're like me and you go to the website and you say, well, hmm. Are they yeah, out of business? <laughs> yeah, are they out of business? What What's going on? Are they having severe troubles? I mean... Or what's worse is you go and you see that they started a blog and they did you know, a handful of posts, maybe all on the same day, and then didn't do anything after that. So they didn't even have a history of content creation. They just had nothing, right? And then that really makes you think, well, they're not serious about being a knowledge leader. Or you'll see exactly. blogs. You'll see blogs that they're out there every on a consistent basis. But it's all, like we were saying, it's all you know, BS, non-value added. Just, it's just hype. You know, again, that's, that's almost, that's, that's a backfire to me. Both of those things are a backfire. Don't do a blog if you're not going to be consistent. Don't do a blog if it's just going to be BS. Leave it off. That'd be better to have no blog, right? I yeah. Think. Well, and I think one of the big barriers for people with, with the blogging and the consistency is they think they don't have anything to say. And that's what I'm here for because many folks don't have the time or the focus or maybe even the ability. To do that, you know, they're fighting fires, they're running their business, maybe they're not really a great writer or whatever. Why not hire a writer, a content creator? It doesn't have to be me. Of course, it should be, but it could be anyone right. to be on your team to assist you with that. And their job would be to ghostwrite, create content um, on an ongoing, consistent basis. And that's the kind of program that I bring to my clients where we look at these principles at, in the content creation, but we also put together processes and systems that create consistent content. So there's an ongoing program with someone on your team on the bench there doing that and helping move that forward as you as an entrepreneur or business leader are then free to focus on the things that you need to do. And finally, we come to the end of my discussion with Andy Paul and characteristic number seven of great knowledge leadership content. And that is that it needs to be diverse and multi-channel. Point seven, content has to be diverse and Use more than one channel, right? Just don't, if it's just mm. a blog, just don't rely on a blog. Do something else in addition to it. I think it should be all of the above. You know, it should be blogging. You should be doing articles in trade magazines. You should be doing social media. You should be doing live presentations, podcasts, podca- being a podcast host, a podcast guest. I mean, all of the above, newspapers, uh, you know, multi-channel, diverse. It's just like a stock portfolio. You want to be diversified, right? <laughs> you want to be balanced, right? You want to be balanced and diversified. And the same thing is true um, with your with your content. So if it's consistent, it's diverse. You've got a program in place um, that moves it forward so that you don't do it in fits and starts. I think now you're talking about a tool that can really make a difference and impact. There we have the seven characteristics of killer knowledge leadership content, straight from an interview where I was a guest with Andy Paul on his podcast, Accelerate. 
And thanks for listening to this special episode of Everyday MBA. Stay tuned next week for another regular episode complete with our five Everyday MBA action items. Meanwhile, it's back to vacation for me. I'll have another margarita in your honor. That'll do it for this episode of Everyday MBA. Join me next time when I continue to talk with best-selling authors, innovative thought leaders, and top-shelf executives, all sharing their best techniques and tips that you won't learn in business school. I'm your host, Kevin Crane. This is Everyday MBA. Thanks for listening. You've just heard an incredible interview, and you've received five actionable steps that you can put in motion today and for the rest of the week. But there's much more to come. Visit everyday-mba.com slash iTunes to subscribe and leave your rating and review for the show. By subscribing, you'll never miss an episode, and you'll be on your way to gaining the success you've dreamed of. We'll talk to you next time on Everyday MBA. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.